turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12 in your Bibles, verses 1 and 2. We're going to look at a familiar passage of Scripture this morning. And having already read a little bit from Hebrews 11, we'll be jumping right into Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. As we talk about this morning, what it means to run the race of the Christian life, what it means in this new year to live by faith as we trust our Savior Jesus Christ. So let's hear God's word from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is God's word. Thanks be to him. Please pray with me. O oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. We pray now that you would instruct us, that you would teach us, that you would convict us, that you would comfort us, that you would encourage us through your word, that your spirit would open the eyes of our hearts, that we would see Christ, that we would trust him by faith, and that we would live and walk in his ways. And We give you the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's a new year, and with that comes a surge in the joining of fitness centers. And a few years ago, when we lived in Asheville, North Carolina, I joined the Fletcher, North Carolina YMCA. And so I went to go join to turn in my paperwork. Uh, it was, they were having a, a big special kind of, you know, it was like join for a dollar or something like that. So I'm like, I can do that. Even if I've never come back, I just paid a dollar. So I went to join, and they were celebrating their one-year uh, birthday, their one-year anniversary of being open. And so there was a bluegrass band outside playing because we're in Asheville, and that's what happens. And there was kind of a festive atmosphere, and I went in to turn in my paperwork. And so I did, and I saw the exercise equipment just kind of laid out there, just calling for me to come you know, join in and do what I was supposed to do. But then I also saw on the table a giant sheet cake. <laughs> this is true. Happy one-year anniversary. Happy birthday, YMCA. And so I went, I grabbed a piece of cake, and I walked right on out the door. <laughs> and so, well, it was certainly fine for me to do that because, hey, it was a party and they were celebrating. What I did not really grab hold on to that day, I really understand, was the endurance and the discipline, what well, was really necessary for me to actually do what I was supposed to do as a member of, a y, of the Y, and that was to exercise. It's a new year. Many of us are considering what it's going to mean tomorrow to get out and put one foot in front of the other, literally, perhaps, as well as spiritually. We may have spent a little bit of time the past couple of weeks reflecting on what this past year was all about, and then also maybe looking ahead and setting some goals and thinking about things for the new year. Maybe you even went and joined the YMCA. 
But there's a call for us this morning here in this passage. And it's a call to exercise, not necessarily physically, but to exercise our faith and to specifically run in the race that God has called us into. We don't know who the author of Hebrews is, but he puts life in our spiritual walk with Christ in the context of a race where we're the contestants. We're running toward the finish and at our own unique time in history. But as we heard from Hebrews 11 earlier, and we'll see in this passage, that rather than being separated from the past, we're linked to it. That we're surrounded by what the passage refers to as a great cloud of witnesses that is cheering us on as we run this race. And this morning, as we look at this passage, we're going to hear three different instructions from the author of Hebrews. And the first is this, is he's going to remind us that to run the race that we have to look back. Verse 1 begins with, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. So the author is inviting us to look behind us, to look back, to see how God's people throughout history have run the race by faith. Up to this point in the book of Hebrews, it's been primarily about two things. One is the supremacy of Christ over all things. And really the second is the connection between God's people in the Old Testament and the church of today. In Hebrews chapter 11, we get this journey through the Old Testament. Some people call it the Hall of Fame of faith. We see believers from Abel to Noah to Abraham to Moses to Rahab to Samson. That their lives are all summed up by the author of Hebrews in this way. That they lived by faith. In the coming months, we're going to be studying Joshua. So we'll get to to do this on a weekly basis, seeing how God's people live by faith. Verse 30 and 31 of Hebrews 11, for example, we see by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. And by faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had been given a friendly welcome to the spies. And we know we see the, the rest of the story play out that Rahab is one, she lived by faith, although she did not know God before. She is brought into God's family. And she eventually is part of the line of Jesus. The people of the Old Testament, they believed the promises of God. They looked forward to their future redemption. They trusted that God would come and do what he promised and deliver them. And as we run the races set before us, we're, we're to look back. We're to see that we are part of the people of God just as they were, and that we are called to live by faith just as they did. They are described here as a great cloud of witnesses. But when we actually go back and look at the lives of those who are highlighted in Hebrews 11, we see faith, but we also see failure, don't we? David, he was a great king. He did amazing things for the glory of God. He was a man after God's own heart, yet he committed adultery and he had someone murdered. Samson was strong. He did great and mighty things, but he fell captive to lust. Rahab bravely acted by faith to aid God's people in battle, yet she had been a prostitute. Moses was responsible for the death 
of another person. Jacob was a thief and a liar. Abraham lived by faith, but he also tried to, let's say, prematurely activate God's promise by getting involved with his servant. There's Noah, who built the ark by faith. One evening, he had a little too much to drink, and it caused some other difficulties in the family. But even as we look back and we see the failures of God's people in the past, the summary here in Hebrews 11, leading into Hebrews 12, is not that they were failures, but that they lived by faith. And their faith was in the Redeemer who would come to deliver them from their failures, the Lord Jesus Himself. Because as their lives pointed to the Messiah that was to come, they were not the Messiahs. They were not the ones. The one that was to come was Jesus Their lives are defined now as living by faith because they have been redeemed by the one in whom they have placed their faith. So the author invites us to look back, to look at their lives, to look around, to see that we run the same race by faith that they ran and that we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses that we read about in the pages of Scripture. And so how does this help us? Well, first I think it reminds us, as we have said, that What is needed for us to run this race is faith. That as they place their faith in the Redeemer who was to come, we place our faith in the Redeemer who has come, the Lord Jesus Christ. I think secondly, we're reminded that even our greatest failures are not outside the scope of God's redeeming power and love and forgiveness. That Jesus came for the joy that was set before Him. He endured the cross. And He endured it to take our sin upon Himself. And then He rose again triumphantly that we would have forgiveness and eternal life in Him. And thirdly here, we're reminded that we're part of a larger community of faith. It's larger than this church. It's larger than all the churches in Huntsville. It's larger than the churches just of this generation. That God has been moving throughout history. He's been building His kingdom. And so when we look and we look back, we don't look back in some kind of condescending way at the history of the church and think, you know, hey, we're the ones who've arrived. We're the ones who got this, right? Nor do we look back and some kind of put them on some kind of nostalgic pedestal as in those were the days and we'll never get them back. Instead, we acknowledge how God has worked throughout history in His church. And we see His faithfulness in sustaining the church and throughout history in all times and places all around the world. And we're propelled forward to join them by running the race in our own time and place. The author of Hebrews here, he doesn't exclude himself. He throws himself in there, doesn't he? It says here, let us run the race. It's not something that any of us are meant to do alone. So this is, not a, this is certainly an invitation not only for us to look back to those who have run the race before us, but to look around in this room and to look around in our lives. And look side to side to those we are running with. Being prepared to call out when we are stumbling or short of breath. Or maybe stopping to help up a fellow runner who has fallen. So maybe a question we can ask ourselves this morning, this New Year is, who are we running with spiritually? Are you getting to know others here at Cornerstone and running race with them? Students, are you getting to know others where you are? that are growing in Christ. 
One of my pastors used to always ask this question. He said, do you, do you have a Paul? Do you have a Barnabas? And do you have a Timothy in your life? What he meant by that was, do you have a Paul, someone who's a mentor, someone who's run the race a little longer than you have, who can help and give you wisdom? A Barnabas is a peer, someone who's in a similar place in the race as you are, that you can be encouraged by and give encouragement to. Do you have a Timothy? Do you have someone younger than you, a student, a child, or a younger adult? Maybe they're just starting out in this race into Christian life that you can come alongside and encourage and support as they run the race by faith. But the bottom line in all of this is that no one runs alone, that we run together as the church of Jesus Christ. And we, we hope you see, and they're, they're in the bulletin and all sorts of ways here at Cornerstone, uh, that you can be involved and that you can be connected uh, and Find others who are running the race and encourage and be encouraged by them. So our first calling here as we run this race is to look back, see God's faithfulness, and see what he's done through his people, and also to be connected to the community of faith. And the second point we have here is that we're to look forward as we run the race by faith. It's as if we're in a relay, the baton's being placed in our hands, and in an Olympic relay race, when you watch the, the participants who receive the baton, they don't usually turn around and kind of linger. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> this is going to be great. No, they're, they're actually, as they're receiving the baton, they put their hand back and they're looking straight ahead. They're looking forward. They're, they're actually already running as they reach back and grab the baton that's being passed to them. And so in verse 1, the author of Hebrews implores us to run with endurance the race that is set before us, laying aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. And as we read this verse, all of a sudden, adversity enters the picture. The burdens, the difficulties of this life, our own sin, which easily trips us up, the need for endurance, for patience. So the race is long and it's hard. Sometimes we find ourselves, it seems, perpetually running uphill. Yet the author here, he encourages us. He says, run. Let us run this race. Let us look forward because the race is set before us. And that's good news because the one who sets the race, the one who sets the course is God himself. And he gives us the grace necessary to run the race for his glory. He has secured victory in this race. By sending His Son Jesus to accomplish everything necessary for our salvation. To rescue us from our sins and from death. And He now invites us to run toward that finish line. To claim the prize that belongs to us. Not because we ourselves have earned it. But because He has given it to us through the work of Jesus Christ. And that prize is His glory. It's eternal life with Him. It's, it's joining the great cloud of witnesses. It's taking our place, what is referred to later in Hebrews 12. Taking our place in the kingdom that cannot be shaken. So, how do we run well? How do we look forward as we run this race of the Christian life? So the author here tells us we have to throw off and lay aside sin that hinders, that clings so closely. 
that sin is not to be welcomed as some kind of friendly competitor in this race. But it must be seen as an enemy attempting to derail us, to throw us off course. And the problem with sin is it does not simply hinder us individually, but it typically involves us hindering others and others hindering us. It's kind of stumbling over one another in the race. And so how do we handle that? How do we deal with sin that so easily entangles? Well, the first thing we have to do is actually recognize sin and call it what it is. And this, at least from a cultural perspective, has become more and more complex, it seems. We have mastered a list of excuses and denials to account for the words and actions that come from us. We tend to shift blame to other people or systems or governments or schools or churches or fill in the blank. Rather than looking in the mirror and recognizing our own sin and calling it what it is. We will bend standards, if not break them, to make our sins seem acceptable and make ourselves seem righteous. But later in Hebrews, it tells us that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The standard of God's holiness and righteousness has not changed. The definition of sin is breaking the law of God or or failing to keep the law of God. That has not changed. When uh, Audrey and I came here to uh, Huntsville to interview, so this is well, this is like over three years ago now, which is crazy. We rented a car, and this car was newer than cars that we usually drive, and it had a digital display to tell you how fast you were going, which that was new. That was new to me. I've seen it sometimes, but here it was in the car I was driving, and so we had we had made a stop and. We got back on the interstate, and I looked at this digital display, and to my surprise and shock, it said 110. And so immediately, I was like, what, what is that? That's not going to do, and I hit the brakes. And then, you know, and it slowed down to like 80, and cars are just like flying by us. Like, I mean, they're just going. I'm like, what, you know, what just happened here? And what we realized is somehow I'd hit the button and changed the display to kilometers per hour instead of miles per hour. And so, uh, not knowing what to do, I started pressing more buttons. The car started talking to us. I think I pulled off the exit. Uh, We weren't sure what was going on. But there was that moment where I saw that number 110, and it it just scared me, because I realized that that that's far beyond the standard that's set for safe and reasonable driving. And even though I didn't feel like we were going 110, because, you know, kind of seeing everybody passing us, the standard was not my feeling. It was what I could plainly see displayed before me on the dashboard. So we have to recognize our sin. We have to call it what it is. We have to examine ourselves according to the standard that's in God's word. And then once we've done that, we see our sin and we see our need for Jesus. And we look to to him, the one who saves us from our sins. When we see ourselves transgressing or falling short of the standard, We run in faith and repentance to our Savior because He is the one who kept that standard perfectly for us. We recognize that we must exercise our faith in Christ, that we cannot take another step in this race without being empowered by His grace and His finished work in accomplishing victory over the power of sin. 
This gives us security and confidence. As we see our sin, we also recognize that this is an enemy that we're throwing off of us. This is a defeated enemy. This one that's been defeated at the cross. It keeps crawling back to kind of grab at our ankles. But it is not our master. It's been overthrown. And so we run to Jesus. And we, we have His forgiveness. And we have His, His victory over sin. And we trust in Him. In order to cast off this weight, the burdens of us, to throw off the sin that, that hinders, God does not leave us to our own devices. He gives us His means of grace. He invites us to come and to, to bring our needs to Him, to pray to Him. He speaks through us and nourishes us through His Word. He feeds us through His sacraments. He places us in a community of believers to grow together. He does not leave us to ourselves. He gives us everything we need to run the race well, to look forward and to throw off sin that hinders and put on the righteousness that He freely gives. So we look back to God's faithfulness. We look forward, throwing off that which hinders, looking ahead to the finish line, to the glory that is set before us with God. And then thirdly, we look up. That we look up to Jesus the one who ran the race for us. The verb here in Hebrews 12 too is when it says looking to Jesus. This is not a one-time act, but this is a continuous looking to, up to our Savior. That He is the founder. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He ran the race for the joy set before Him. He endured the cross. And now He is seated at the right hand of God. We are to run this race by trusting and resting in Him as He is the author and perfecter of our faith. And as we look to Jesus, we, we remember He has run this race already. Hebrews 2 tells us that He came and He shared in our humanity. This is what we celebrated in the Christmas season, isn't it? That Jesus came, that He took on flesh, that He made His dwelling among us, that He experienced suffering, He experienced temptation. He knows what the race requires. Yet he completed this race without sin in order that he might go and bear the sins of those who would run the race looking to him. He endured the cross, it says here, scorned to shame, and he sat down victoriously at the right hand of God. He who completed and finished this race continues to work in us by his Holy Spirit so we we can go run the race well. One commentator pointed out about this passage that as helpful as it is to have the great cloud of witnesses and the encouragement they are, they can only testify that finishing the race is possible. So although we are surrounded by them, we certainly can look to them and run with them by faith. Ultimately, we look through and beyond them to the one who can actually sustain and perfect our weak faith. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the author of our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. So we're to fix our eyes, it says here, on Him. Philippians 1.6 tells us that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. The one who went to the cross and in His last breath said the words, It is finished. In regards to victory over sin and death. He is going to finish the work that he has started in you. 
And He is going to carry you to that finish line. He's done everything necessary for your redemption, for your salvation in His life, death, and resurrection. And now, it says here, He sits enthroned at God's right hand, working in you and through you as you run the race that He has set before you for His glory until the day He welcomes you home. One of the pictures that we have in the Scriptures of our relationship with Christ is that of marriage, that of a wedding. So as we go today, I want you to think about the last wedding you went to. Now, hopefully, that wedding had a center aisle, okay, like we have here at Cornerstone. Isn't that lovely? A center aisle. Uh, Audrey and I, we were married in a church that did not have a center aisle, and it had diagonal aisles, and there was a slope. I don't think I saw her until she was five pews in, okay? Um, but think about a wedding, and you're, you know, the bride comes in through the doors, down the center aisle, and what does she do? She fixes her eyes on her groom, and she looks to him, and the groom looks right back at her, except on all those YouTube videos where they're all crying and stuff. But typically, the groom looks right back at her, and they lock eyes. And although she's walking down the aisle because she's got that big old dress on and everything, in her heart, she's running. And she's fixed her eyes on her groom, waiting for that time when he welcomes her into his arms. And friends, that is us. We, as God's people, as the bride of Christ, we run the race by faith. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's pray. God, we thank you for uh, this passage this morning for Hebrews 12, uh, for uh, the, the picture of how those have run by faith in the past and how we are joined together with them and how you have brought us together as your church to run the race by faith together. Help us, Lord, to, to look to Christ, to fix our eyes on him. We know this race is hard, Lord. It, it is difficult. Um, we will fall all over ourselves and one another. And so we ask for your spirit to work in us and through us. We ask that you would give us eyes to see and to, to help uh, others who are um, that you put in our path uh, that we might give you glory and honor. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.